0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Hello, hello. Good to be with you. Five past nine for you if you're in Western Australia. We know many of you, though, like to tune in from other locations or, of course, are listening to us via the podcast at whatever time is convenient to you. My partner in crime, Sabrina Hahn, is, well, on the road this week. She's on the East Coast where it's just after five past 11. Hello, Sabby.
2: Oh, hello, Ro. I had a sleep in this morning. Oh,
1: that's so lovely. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe I need to move east and do the show. <laughs> Get that nice couple of extra hours in, in bed on
3: uh,
1: Saturday morning. That wouldn't be too bad. Where the bad. sun's actually up oh, is before it? you start. Oh, yes. Sorry, I thought you were just boasting that the sun was out oh, in no. Sydney. No, the sun is out, out in Sydney. Oh. Well, oh, actually, there's a bit of blue sky and I say that in Perth. There's probably listeners from other parts of Western Australia that have got some gorgeous blue sky where they are as well. You're well? Indeed. I'm extremely
2: well. I'm having such a good time because I'm with the my older brother. He's the one that lives in Sydney and we're always the naughty ones. Oh. Um, so we get up to all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And um, catching up with all the family here. So and Luce has come up from Wagga Wagga
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: with the bear bear, with
3: little Evie. <laughs>
2: so we're having big Big catch up with all the family. It's
1: been so much fun. Oh, how divine. Thank you for taking an hour out of all of that to keep us company and answer our uh, listeners' gardening problems. Um, are you having me to- drinking until 12 o'clock well, at least? That's so. smart actually. that's probably <laughs> good o h and s or well-being or whatever bucket you want that to fall into. Are you going to Wagga? Yes, we're off to Wagga tomorrow. Okay. Will you be following up on Chico Roll debates or anything like that? Most definitely. I'm going to take them
2: to task on the old Chico Roll. I was so misinformed.
1: <laughs> uh, good stuff. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, this was a conversation from a couple of weeks ago. Can I recommend the Roots and Shoots podcast if you've missed some episodes and you'll understand what Sab's talking about um, yep. and exactly why she needs to inquire about this outrageous information she's been shared over the years. Yep.
2: And I, 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 am going to have a chico roll on the way down, <laughs> so that I can from a dirty so truck stop. I, yeah, that's right. So I can just be assured that it's still the damper that, that makes the outside bit. Ooh. And if there is no cabbage in there or a bit of a <laughs> oh, tough old mutton, <laughs> uh, it's not a chico roll, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a picture and
1: send it. Yeah, yeah, do. Do make sure you do. Get Jess to ba- bang that one up on the socials. Yep. It'll be a big will hit. will do. I have no doubt. <laughs> uh, it's eight past nine. If you want to give us a call, we've got some open phone lines. 1300 222 720. The texts are rolling through. You can send one through yourself. 0437 922 720. If there's something in particular you need Sab's assistance with. We're going to get underway. Roz is in Woodlands. Hello, Roz.
3: Oh, hello. Um, uh, morning, uh, Sabby and Rowena. Good. Uh, Good thanks morning, for taking Roz. my call. Would you be able to advise me, please, of the correct uh, and most beneficial type of mulch to use around my young native trees and native plants over summer? Okay.
2: Um, that's a great question, Roz. Now, what I do is I recommend people actually change their mulch every couple of years. So mm-hmm. if you've got a new new garden and you've got uh, little baby plants in there, then the best mulch for you would be a coarse wood-based mulch. Um, mm-hmm. But don't put it on more than – because the, the plants are only young. You don't want it more than three centimetres thick, and you've got to make sure that they're not touching the the base of the plant because you can get – a fungal disease. So any of the wood-based mulches uh, are fine to use. So use those for the first couple of years, and then change to something like a lupin, lucerne, or pea straw mulch. And then just just change your mulches every couple of years. And the reason I say that is you don't get um, a build-up of a certain fungus. You don't get nitrogen that's been leached from the soil. It changes the pH for you. So, um, but for your first couple of years, Roz, just go the, the wood based mulch.
3: OK. Thank you very much, Sabrina.
1: My pleasure. Good on you, Roz. Thanks for giving us a call this morning. You can do the same, 1300 720. Sab, we've got an interesting question from Fiona who's in Inaloo and I'm mm. suspecting this is on the back of, um, well, the awful story of all of the whales that were stranded um, oh, no. on the south oh, coast God. of Western Australia this week, which has just been... So sad. It is such an awful um, and distressing story. And Fiona writes, hi, gardening girls. Can you compost whales... Um, as landfill seems such a waste of the natural product. Yeah. Have you heard of anything? Well,
2: because it's an unusual event mm. and I would suggest that there's um, – I don't think it would have been done much before. Um, but because it's, uh, it was a living animal, Any any animal that gets buried in the soil – Becomes compost, basically mm. so but you know the, even those whales are quite large, and when yeah. you 've got <laughs> sixty of them, um, so the big the big problem there is the the health re- mm. you know safety reasons behind you would have to dig them down very deep, so you'd need an excavator or right. a bulldozer. Um, and, and I agree, I mean, it seems a waste just to burn them or whatever else they do with them. Mm. But if you were going to put them in an area, you would have to make sure, because they'd have to be so deep and there's so many of them, you would have to make sure that there's no groundwater contamination. That's the right. big thing. yeah. Because it's a large mass, mm. um, Uh, so I'm not too sure what they ended up doing with the whales, but, um, yeah, there's Mm. a lot of health risks with that amount of meat. Yeah.
1: All right. Thanks, Um, Sab. Good on you, Fiona. Thanks for um, the inquiry. Uh, Gisella is in Lancelin, says, Hi, Rowan Sabrina. I've bought a heap of herb seeds to try out, and they say to use stratification. Can you explain the best way to go about this and what that is? You don't need stratification on herb seeds, uh,
2: I can assure you. I have grown so many herbs from seed where I literally put them in a bucket with some vermiculite or perlite and hurl them around the garden. That's it. Um, But if you want to get really – so stratification is where you do various layers of different types of sand, soil, perlite – you put them in the dark. Uh, well, all seeds need to go in the dark. But you you really don't need that with herb seeds. The seed that takes the longest to germinate is usually parsley. But what I recommend that you do with all herb seeds is you get a seed-raising tray, just the big trays that are 30 centimetres long by 20 wide. You get seed-raising mix or sand or cocoa peat you sprinkle the seeds on top and then you cover that with a thin layer of perlite you mist spray it put a little lid on it so it keeps the warmth in and they will most herb seeds germinate within usually 10 to 14 days parsley may take a little bit longer but you don't need to use stratification on herb seeds we use stratification on things that are very difficult to germinate, like snotty gobbles or um, sandalwood. So just, just do that. Just go and buy a bag of seed-raising mix, get a seed-raising tray, um, a packet of perlite, and that's all you need to do.
1: Okay, thank you, Sab. Good luck, Gisella. Um, Whales are full of oil, and it seeps to the surface when buried. Not really suitable for compost. For the thoughts of one listener, thank you for that. Um, that
2: oil breaks down though with the bacteria in the soil. So right, um, but
1: it takes a long time. Mm. Um, a good one for you, Sab. Jamie and Shoalwater has got back in touch with us. The Staghorn, remember oh, of yes, last week, that was upside down.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so Jamie writes, "High roots and shoots. We took your advice, trimmed and mounted the Staghorn right way up. This, this time, <laughs> we think Benny, Sandy, and Ziggy all approve. Oh, they would be the pooches. They're puppies, <laughs> yeah. They beautiful dogs. And Jamie says, if Eggs and Megs, who gave us this lovely plant, are listening." We promise we're doing our best.
2: (laughs) I have to tell you, Ro, it does look remarkably better. Yeah, the
1: before and after shots. Mm, mm, (laughs) Definitely. Um, Yeah. Very impressive. And we love, Jamie, that you've followed up with us. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know how it's going after Sab gave you some advice. So thank you for that. Um, this one's also on the email, morning ladies. This young king protea had lots of flower buds, but half of them didn't develop. Just turned black, hard, and woody, not moist Ooh. or mushy. What do you think? And how do I stop it for next season? So,
2: There's what was it again? I, it just a protea, a king protea, a protea. Okay. Mm. Uh, well, that's not a good sign with king protea with any protea, actually. Um, So they need to spray that with an anti-rot spray the entire plant Um, because they do rot and um, it's usually not a good sign. So
1: get the anti-rot spray on it. Thank you, Reg in Darlington, for your email. Perthweekends at your.abc.net.au is the email address. Perthweekends, all one word, there's an S on the end, at your.abc.net.au. And if you missed it, just give Mickey a call, 1300 22720 720, and she will be able to give you that email address. Karen is in Kingsley. Hello. Hello. Hello, Karen. Hi. Um, I rang a few weeks ago about Patrick, my lily pilly, that was looking a bit sad because I hadn't looked <laughs> oh, yes. at him properly. Um, yes. Oh, I texted him, actually. Anyway, anyway, I pruned a third because that's what you said. But in hindsight, yep. I think I may have pruned it wrong because the reason I bought it was to be a, a columnar um, lily pilly to block light out of my bedroom window. Right. And I just pruned a third off the top. So what do I yes. do now in order to encourage it to go up and not out?
2: Okay, so if you want something to grow up now, do you want vegetation at the base of the lily pilly or do you need the vegetation sort of higher up, the lily pilly? Uh,
3: all, all the way up, preferably. All the way up.
2: Okay. So what you need to do now is you need to trim the sides of the lily okay. pilly. So and now lily pillies Yeah, yeah, do it now. Lily pillies are great to train into whatever shape you want and they use them extensively for all their parterres and, um, you know, when you're sculpturing yourself a mm-hmm. koala or a kangaroo. <laughs> sure. um, so that you can prune them often, little and often okay. is probably the best, Yeah, So prune oh, okay. all around the sides now.
3: Yeah, okay, cool.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, okay, Karen. No Thanks worries. for giving us a call. 1300 222 720 is our phone number. Hi, Sab and Row. Sab, last week I think you said to a listener that they should fertilise their mulberry tree in spring. I noticed that my mulberry tree is starting to fruit now. Should I start fertilising?
2: Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've found this over the last couple of years that fruit trees are fruiting really, really early. They're not waiting for spring. They're going. Oh no, the sun's shining now. Quite, quite nice. I think I'll bring all my fruit out. Um, so, if you see your fruit tree starting to fruit now,
1: fertilise it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Thank you, Sab. Uh, hi, Sabrina. What veggies, salad, herbs are likely to grow successfully on a southeast-facing seventh-floor balcony? My parsley and mint are currently doing okay. Asks Jane ah. in West Perth. Jolly good. Okay, well, you could put in
2: silverbeet. You could put in, so in veggies, you could put in spinach. You could, depending if you're not a big cauliflower and cabbage eater, you could put in collies and um, and cabbage. Really? Uh, yep, because they, you won't, you'll only get two or three on a balcony, but, mm. you know, that's something. Um, in terms of herbs, uh the ground cover rosemary will go grow in light you know much less light because that's only going to get the morning sun, I would suggest um, you could put in thyme. you could also have oregano and marjoram Ooh, plenty of going to be a for you, Jane. bit yeah, a bit limited on your veggies until it starts warming up yeah but okay all those
1: all those things that I gave you would be fine. Excellent. We're going to head out to Cambelda and have a yarn to Mick who wants to talk about mulch. Hello, Mick. Hi, how are you? Good. Yeah,
2: good day, mate. Mick, how's Cambelda looking?
3: Beautiful, sunny, clear, mm, <laughs> lovely. bloody cold, but anyway. Yep. Um, <laughs> I've got a very large rose garden. Yeah? What's the best mulch to put underneath all my roses this summer?
2: Well, I wouldn't use a wood-based mulch for roses. I would use a straw-based mulch. So, uh,
3: which one? Which one of those D ones should I use?
2: The lupin. Lupin. All
3: right. Yeah. The lupin one.
2: Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you very much.
2: My pleasure. Isn't it wondrous that we can all talk in
1: code? It's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> And it makes some level of sense to I the different know. people. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Other people are going, on, no idea what that's about.
1: <laughs> um, Karen is in Mount Lawley. She says, hi, Rowe. Is there any way to protect my trees from the dreaded PSHB? And is there any treatment to kill the fungus yet? How do the borers actually spread around the area? Thanks. Okay.
2: That's it. So the, the, that's the polyphagous shot hole borer she's mm-hmm. talking about. Now, the females fly. They're the size of a grain of rice, so you're not going to see them. That's how they spread or they spread by wood that has the eggs in it that's been transported to somewhere else. So um, there is no cure at this stage for for the polyphagous hole borer. Um, there's no treatment that once the because they have a symbiotic relationship with the fungus that eventually kills kills the tree so unfortunately there is no cure for it so uh, so Deep Herd will come around inspect the tree look for borer. they they're trialing different types of injections but there's been nothing to date that will control them it's important to let Perd know if you think that you have polyphaga shoco bora, mm. because they will destroy whole orchards and also our native forests. Mm. So at this stage, the only control mechanism we have for them is to remove the trees and do it so that the eggs and the bora are not spread further.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the question, Karen. Good opportunity to talk about it. I know um, that you like to be able to get that information out as well, Sab. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, as you say, get onto the DeepEd website as well and follow the instructions that are there. Suzanne has called us from Two Rocks. Hello, Suzanne.
3: Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Suzanne. My husband built a very large um, toy pond, sixty ton of rocks in it, and among oh. the rocks he put plants. And under each tank, he put a fish head. And oh. they just grew and flourished so, so quickly and so big. He cuts them back each year. And yeah. they um, do the same thing again by the next year. They've been going down so They're so lush. So that was his secret. And the other thing I wanted to ask, why is my poor wattle tree that's quite tall, not flowering yet when all the other wattle trees have got buds and flowers on them.
2: That's we a bit didn't unfair.
3: Under that one.
2: <laughs> ah, oh, right. Well, they should flower anyway. Um, now, it could be to do with the soil type that you have. Which wattle is it? Uh,
3: golden wattle. That's all I know. Okay. I um, know so that's the Sydney
2: wattle. wattle. Yeah. Um, it could be a soil type in two rocks that it doesn't like. I would put a little bit of powdered sulphur on the base of the tree and water that in to try and drop the pH. I reckon it's just it's the soil's a bit too alkaline for the Sydney wattle.
1: Mm. Thanks, Suzanne. Thanks for giving us a call this morning. Um, Sab, on the email, this has come from Jenny who's in Bassendine, we have a very large Tipuana tree in our backyard that is starting to cause some root issues. Love the tree, love the birds, love the shade. But can we reduce the size of the tree to pause the root growth or are we going to end up needing to remove it? If removal is the only choice, what could we replace it with for shade? We have approximately 11.5 metres between the house and the back fence and we've got clay soil.
2: Okay. Um, Now, unfortunately, the tipuana is a very difficult tree to control its root system because it just goes gangbusters. "Ah, Try and restrict me. I'll show you what I can do. (laughs) So you can can prune it back as much as you want, but um, it's very difficult to contain. So removal and the root system is truly horrendous. So you're on clay soils and presumably you still want a deciduous tree, but you want a tree that's not going to create major problems in the root zone. The ornamental um, pistachio tree, Pistachia chinensis, is a really beautiful shade tree with glorious autumn foliage and will, will do really well on clay soil. Um and the other thing that you could have is a um now uh, oh, uh, I pr- a um uh, hmm, it's gone out of my head row. <laughs> it's got lovely it's got a I don't know.
1: It's gone. It'll come back uh,
2: to you. It will it will certainly return. Uh, Because I've got one in my garden, funnily (laughs) enough. And it's in sandy soil, but I have seen it. uh, Sursus. So it's the Sursus forest pansy.
3: There we
1: go.
2: That will do really well
1: too. Perfect. There you go, Jenny. Um, I hope that's helpful for you. Thank you for your email. Oh, and the Largestromia, great myrtle. There you go. The options are endless. (laughs) <laughs> weekends at au. if you want to send us an email. We are two or three minutes away from Sabrina's pick of the week. So make sure you stay listening for that. We always appreciate your feedback. Let's get through a couple more calls before then. Christine is in Busso. Hello, Christine. Oh, hello. How
2: are you going? Hello, Christine. You've got, uh, you oh, got some mandarins?
3: Oh, we've had beautiful mandarins, so many, and they're so sweet. They've been lovely. So I just don't – you know, I don't know. Obviously, I did the right thing last year because it's the first year that's only about six years old. But, um, yeah, I just want to do the right thing again, but I can't remember what I did.
2: (laughs) 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 Okay. So mandarins you get every second year, you get a bumper crop. Oh, okay. So so if you had a really good crop this year, you may not get such a big crop next year – but that's okay. You still need to prune the tree.
3: Oh, so, okay. It's
2: um, a little tree, but yeah. Yeah. So what I'm going to say is you give it a light prune. And okay. then, in, um, then in September, you're going to fertilise the tree.
3: Okay. So what sort of so fertiliser are we talking?
2: You can get – so you're in busso. So you've got um, sandy soil.
3: I well, we're actually at just out of Busselton on the Sabina River, so we're actually loamy soil around.
2: Oh, it's loamy soil, soil. We're on the Wonder river. You man-
3: yeah. oh, oh, I Wonder know, the
2: mandarins beautiful. are doing well. Um, so I would get the the fertiliser that's made here in WA. Um okay. That's got all, it's got 60 different minerals in it. Okay. Uh, you won't find it at a hardware store, mm. you'll have to go to a nursery. Okay. Yeah, we've got one of those, yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, now, the thing with mandarins is because their fruiting season isn't that long, that's why you're going to feed them in um, – so you wait until September mm-hmm. and then you're going to feed them again at the end of December and then you're going to feed okay. them again in autumn for the winter crop.
3: Okay. Oh, okay. That's three times. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I'll try and. So next year won't be as good. That'd be disappointing. But yeah, you won't I get
2: as many. But then I might the have year after. I did something wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> and the the year after you'll get a bumper crop. So it's usually every second year you get a really good okay. crop. You'll cool. still get mandarins, oh. but not as many. Mm. Oh. That, well,
3: everybody's been saying no more mandarins, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, oh God, thanks for Sabrina. I love listening. No worries. To you. Okay, bye bye.
1: Thanks, Christine. Bye. We're going to stay in Busso now, though, and we're going to go to Denny, who's given us a call about paperbark trees. Hey, Denny.
0: Ah, uh, Jenny. But hey, young girl. Sorry,
1: Jenny. Hey, Jenny. Yeah, Good. <laughs>
0: Um, I've got to rip out a paper bark from the front. It's in, interrupting with my pipes and it's really breaking my heart. But to recycle it, I want to uh,
2: mulch your gardens. How, how thick can I go? Uh, it makes beautiful mulch, absolutely beautiful mulch, Jenny. Um, and not only that, smells lovely. Uh, so um, yeah. you, uh, don't, don't, don't put it more than five centimetres thick, though. Okay, thank you
3: very much. That's great. Well, and what can I do with the rest of it?
2: Well, what I'd suggest you do is as it's being chopped up, as it, has it already been mulched or?
3: No, no, not, not yet. yet.
2: Okay, so as the mulch pile builds up, go and get yourself a bag of blood and bone. Sprinkle yeah. that in and then when it's – so every, every, you know, say 30 centimetre layer, 20 or 30 centimetre layer, hurl yeah. like six handfuls of blood and bone in it. Then keep doing that as it layers up, as the pile gets bigger. Then get the garden hose and just hose it down so there's moisture in there. Get a tarpaulin, cover it. And that mulch pile will be reduced by half.
3: Oh, wow. Thank you. Because
2: it'll start yep. composting down. You'll see steam coming out.
0: <laughs> yeah, make a little steam funnel up top. It'll yeah. be um, yeah. interesting to watch.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. You can do your dry cleaning near it. Or <laughs> I did that once with a whole pile of trees, and, uh, but unfortunately I did it in summer and it actually caught fire.
3: Oh, oh God. disconcerting when you
2: drive into your driveway and you go, I think my Verge is on fire.
3: (laughs) That's not a good look. No, I won't do that. Not
2: a good look. No, no. Frightens the
1: neighbours for a start.
3: (laughs) Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you. Good on you, Jenny.
1: Thanks very much for giving us a call this morning. It's 28 to 10. It is... That time again, it is Sabrina's Musical Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. I, I, I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. Your big moment each Saturday morning, Sabrina. Have you, yeah. taste, have you been inspired by something on the East Coast this week? Yeah. Because, you know, when I came back here, I remembered all the early days
2: of uh, bands I used to go to here. mm mm-hmm. uh, and then, and then it made me think about all the dancing I used to do, <laughs> and all the clubbing that I did. So,
3: oh, you're so this one's woman. for
2: you, Ro, Ooh. because uh, Mickey and I have taken bets on whether you fade this out or not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the good news is, and just a little pre-warning to everyone at home, there's only two and a half minutes of this gloriousness, as opposed to about seven that you gave us of your last lot of garbage. So, but I'm sure there'll be people who enjoy it, and I might even too. I haven't had a I pre-listen. I
2: reckon you will. I reckon you will. So, um, Nath Jennings is a he's a, he's a disc jockey. Bit like mm-hmm. myself in front of the roadcaster <laughs> here, um, and so this is this is going to take people back to the days when they went clubbing uh, before silent discos. I have to tell you, you know, <laughs> when everyone danced together uh, and they realised they were in a room with a lot of other people. This little track, this little get down and get your dancing <laughs> gear on, is called Escape.
1: Enjoy. You be the judge at home, zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Well, there we go, (laughs) Seth. (laughs) That's your pick of the week. You know, there were many moments in there when I was thinking, I remember back in the old compact disc or CD days and uh, you'd leave one in the car or something and it'd get a bit scratched up and then you'd go put it in the the Discman or the whatever and it just couldn't quite get there and start jumping around a little and just catching. I I wasn't sure if that was what was going on. (laughs) Um, There was some psychedelic kind of feels there. Yeah, Uh, yeah.
2: Doesn't that take you back to your younger days?
1: No, it was never me. Always <laughs> been far more of an easy, easy listening kind of gal. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. It's, it's not about me. It's about the listeners. Donna says yeah, – Absolutely. Oh, gee, no, I reckon. My, I reckon, my I reckon. page of text has just gone flying from the first one I was going to read that's now – 2Ks down the page because so many people are sending feedback. Donna says, this one has sent me off looking for my glow sticks. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. There's some very glow stick vibes about that, Donna. Lollipops, whistles. Um, Catherine says, interesting. Don't mind it, but glad it's only two and a half minutes long. (laughs) Charmaine says, OMG, Sab. Bit early for chuppa-chups and water. Ugh. Reminds me of having an MRI. Mm I. Mm-hmm. (gasps) <gasps> uh, someone wow. else just says, you're a crack-up, Sabrina. Uh, wow. Jody says, we love Sabrina's diverse taste in music. We've been trying to remember the pirate yelling song that was played <laughs> a while ago. Going on a journey or something, are you, Sam? <laughs> <I don't> mean... <laughs> Figuratively and literally at the moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Covering all all of those. Yeah.
1: Someone else just says, horrible succinct. Mm. Um, yep. Ginny yep. in Narragin says, blink twice if you need to be rescued, Ro. <laughs> <laughs> Sab has officially <laughs> lost her mind today. <laughs> well, you know,
2: I'm on holidays. I mean, it's party <laughs> mode. And you know, it's, songs, now this is the thing about my song pick, you see, mm. because as you know, Ro, the biggest The biggest classification has to be it has to be something you can dance to. Yes. Now, there's lots of chores that we do that we hate doing, like house cleaning. So if you put your headphones on and you have that music on, you could even manage to mop your floors, (laughs) I reckon.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, It's all about
2: transporting you to somewhere else.
1: To get your Saturday morning jobs done. Uh, Kathy says, not bad, Sab. Takes me back to my... My nightclubbing days too. William says, put on my white open neck shirt, gold chains. Oh, Now my screen's gone down and this was a good one. Uh, William, where are you? There you are. Uh, Put on my white open neck shirt, gold chains, and hoped my tight jeans don't slip over my buttocks. My ears hurt, says someone else. Go, Sabrina. Great track. Sab, we have a disco in a high chair going on here in Hilton. <laughs> yep, someone else thinks that one got stuck. Um, Roscoe in Bellevue just says, what the hell? I need something mm. Sab's on. Um, <laughs> Sabrina, if I was a plant, if, if it was a plant, I'd rip it out now, says Seb. Ooh. Cheryl says, Sab, it sounds like a broken record. Much prefer the opera. Uh mm. Sandy and Reggie Dog in Scarborough are giving us the thumbs up. Excellent sab. Our mini drum and bass rave to kick off our Saturday. <laughs> 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 uh, love the tune, Sab. Bloody brilliant. Uh, go, Sabrina. Great track from Joseph in Yokine. Um, this week's song, that is pure gold, Sab. My potting, ta- my potting table magically turned into a deck and I've got one <laughs> hand on my ear, the other in the potting mix. Tomorrowland, Belgium, here I come, says biased Barb. P.S. See? Our girls have just been to Tomorrowland Festival over there in Belgium. <gasps> oh, wow. I'm surprised you're not there, awesome. to be
2: honest, Sab. Wow. No, I know, but I'm here in Sydney. <laughs> um, but I'm sure there's there's there'd be raves going on around here. But you know, I sort of I'm concentrating on family on this trip, <laughs> not
1: not clubbing. Oh, Sam and Jero's verdict: this week's track me summed up by a groan, which I made oh. the second it started. Um, I didn't
2: think it'd be Sam's cup of tea. No,
1: no, definitely not. Not even Triple J plays music like this at nine thirty on a Saturday morning. It makes me feel young. More please, Ah, says Beck.
2: That's because Triple J should listen to my
3: song. Wow, they don't have Sabrina Hahn,
1: do they? Eh, God, Um, God. Sabrina, you are awesome. Fantastic song, says Chris in Yokine. Jimmy Mandra, this tune takes me. This tune makes me want to do a different type of clubbing. (laughs) Oh, Paul from Hobia Dam forgot my disco ball for the truck. If nothing else, Sab, this one got people talking. True. Hey, Sabby and Ro, Sabrina's musical taste is quite eclectic today. Mm. Um, Have a listen to the D-lines for some slow burn alternative country, particularly Little Earl. There you go, Sab. do you
2: know D-lines?
1: Nope. Nope. I'm not familiar.
2: That's from Paul in North Perth. Check it out. If you can't dance to it, though, because it's not going to be a goer.
1: And Andrew in Wembley says, geez, that was bad. Just like a crappy Ibiza dance club without the jet lag.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd have to say at the end of all those, it's probably a 50-50.
1: Yeah. uh, Maybe even Mm. 60-40. Someone, St. Bernard, groaned at it. Um, (laughs) And Ricky and Gerowene says about a million times better than opera. So, Oh, there you go. See, oh. we, we cover all bases. Your intent to get the cleaning done? Mm, on Saturday yeah. morning, this texter said it made me put the vacuum on to drown it out.
2: <laughs> well, um, that works as well. Still
1: effective. Yeah. It's another way of achieving it. Uh, good things. They just keep rolling in. I could probably read more, but, you know, we'll we'll get I back to answering. Yeah, we got the yeah. gist. We'll get back to answering gist. some gardening questions for yeah. our loyal listeners. Um, Kay is in the G, in Willow G, and he's waiting patiently on the line. Hello, Kay.
2: Hi. How are you guys? Good. Hello, Kay. Kay's just around the corner from me, aren't you, Kay? I, I am, Sam. <laughs> and um, I do believe the Orchid Society have got a little event on. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yes, it's an inter-society challenge and display and workshop. And uh, what it is is all the societies in Western Australia all get together and they put their plants on the bench um, and try and win the trophy. And it all started out that it was a hubcap. So we all fought for this hubcap so that we were top dog in, in the orchids. Oh, wow. But, um, it's has gone now as a display and workshop and it's on Sunday on 6th of August between 9 and 3. And it's at the Manning Community Centre in two, Konochi Ken- Crescent in Manning. Right. Um, and we have a lot of fun. There's a lot of, di- like, There's the society's all put on a display as well as plants on the bench. There's plants for sale, going to be plants for sale. There'll be talks. Um, there's refreshments there. And the City of South Perth ratepayers, um, if, if they get one ticket, they get the other ticket if they've got two of them for free, but they have to have proof that they're a rate payer for the city of South Perth.
2: Uh, okay. So
0: yep. It's $5 entry, but it, it started off as a, a fundraising thing that we used to did before we actually had a conference in Perth, hmm. a big Australian conference. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We, had, we used to have tremendous fun. And I can't yeah. repeat some of the things we did on. It. <laughs> You're a wild know, Kay. Sad will know that what I'm talking about because yes, Sad to
1: celebrate too. Oh, she's probably in the thick of it if the truth be known. Okay, um, thank you so much for letting us know about it. Yes, uh, um, thanks very much for having me on air. And Sab, enjoy your holiday. I will. Thank you so much, Kay. Good on you, Kay. Thanks for giving us a call. Um, back to a couple of your emails, perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Uh, hi, Seven Row. thanks for the show. Can you tell me what is the best thing to do to save these seeds, flowers, etc. on my desert rose, writes Carmel. Oh, yeah. So,
2: so the desert rose looks a bit like a frangipani
1: and it has
2: helicopter wings that hold the seed pods so uh, you need to they're just about ripe so they're because they're brown now I would be sticking a paper bag over those because they have to be mature before you collect the seed and the seed splits open and the tiny little sort of parachutey seeds come out so Bag the seeds, let them go completely dry and brown, then store them until October, October, November. Then sow the seed in a seed raising mix and you have to cover them with a little um, either in plastic or something because it needs to be kept warm in a nice warm position out of the sun and they germinate pretty readily actually but mm. you won't be able to germinate the seeds until
1: sort of mid to late yeah late spring Okay. Perfect. Thank you, Sab. Um, Graham has also sent us an email. Hi, ladies. Can you please help with my mandarin? I upsized the tree after last year's fruiting, but this year, no flowers, no fruit. It is sadly looking unhappy, as you can see. Some leaves are curling and some seem to be eaten, but I can't see anything. I did give it some sulfate of potash and citrus fertilizer. Graham's in Bunbury.
2: Yep. Okay, so uh, the tree has definitely got citrus leaf miner, which are a tiny little caterpillar that are inside the leaf and they (laughs) munch their way through the inside of the leaf. Uh, Most sprays are not effective because the little suckers are inside the leaf. So you need to prune those leaves off and get yourself some citrus leaf miner traps. I have noticed, because it's on a dwarf rootstock in the picture here, the the actual rootstock is more vigorous than the graft. So um, I don't know which rootstock they've used, probably flying dragon. But if you see a big bulbous base at the bottom of your citrus tree, then that means that the rootstock is going to be stronger than the graft. Mm. Um, So you're going to have to give it a little bit more food. So make sure that the the potting mix is moist um, and that, you know, you keep plenty of top cover on it, as in lots of leaves. And the chewing, it looks to me it's been done by grasshoppers. So – and they're mm. very difficult to control because they're here one day and gone the next <laughs> uh, unless you cut their heads off with a pair of secateurs.
1: <laughs> oh, you and your secateurs and the grasshoppers. Good on you, Graham. Thank you very much for sending us through the email and the pictures as well, which make it super helpful. Um, Charles is in Dianella. Hello, Charles. Hello. How are you going? Nice Good, Charles. You. Hello, That's me. Um, I have got a few jello a Fugella
0: tree, and it's uh, been desperately badly cut back to the point where we didn't want it to be cut back. I oh. want to know. I want to know what I can do to
3: sort of help it survive.
2: Now, when you say a, f- a Fugello,
3: yeah. um,
2: <laughs> what tree is that?
3: Uh, New is, it a, is it a New Zealand Christmas tree?
2: Ah. Oh, um if- you sure uh, it's, it's got, not a Fijoa? Is it a Fijoa?
3: It. Oh, yeah, Fijoa.
2: It. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So they do grow in New Zealand and they have a beautiful fruit on them. So uh, you've pruned yours really hard, did you say?
0: Well, I, I didn't. It was pruned in my absence to the
3: point of stupidity.
2: <laughs> oh, dear, Charles. Um, okay. Now, the great thing about Fijoas is they, it will definitely come back. Oh, good. you fruit for the next year. But I would fertilise it now and make sure you give it enough water in the summertime because that's a really rapid growing period for them. Uh, So it's not going to kill it, Charles. It will come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely won't kill it. No.
0: My wife and I were very much saddened when we saw what had been
2: done. Yeah. some people get a bit carried away with the chainsaw. <laughs> uh,
0: one quick question then. What?
1: Oh, Charles, oh. that line has not played nice with you. I think, I don't know if it's your mm. ear that's dialing us. <laughs> Again, it sounded like numbers being pressed. I'll just try it one more time. Charles? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, oh, go. Continue okay. on. Uh,
2: yeah, what, what fertiliser? Oh, okay. So use a fertiliser for fruiting trees. All right, then. That's what I need to know. And um, okay. uh, we're, re- we're reasonably confident it may come back with a bit of luck.
1: <laughs> it will. I promise you it okay, will. Okay,
2: then.
0: Good you, okay.
1: Charles.
3: Thanks, ladies. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for giving Bye. us a call. Uh, what are we, nine minutes away from the 10 o'clock news. There's plenty of text still here to get through. Uh, Let's go to Margaret of Margaret River. Hi, Sabrina. We have several fig trees of various varieties and while they fruit, they are hard as rocks, beautiful inside. We fertilise and water in summer every second day. What might be wrong, please?
2: You may have the – So she said she's got several varieties. Um, If they're hard as rocks, which is very unusual, you might actually – I don't know if you've got the varieties that need a pollinator, ah. but some of the older figs need require a pollinator and two, like two different figs. Can it can be that the fruit isn't the flower isn't being pollinated? Well, the fruit isn't being pollinated by a little tiny wasp. Mm. Um, the other thing can be nutrient deficiency. So I would up the fertiliser in spring, but don't fertilise them in summer. Okay.
1: Thank you. All the best with that, Margaret. Uh, speaking of Margaret River, we're going to go to Teddy. Hello, Teddy. Uh, Terry. Terry, sorry. <laughs> How <laughs> are you Terry? going?
0: Yeah, hi. Um, now, Sabrina, would you rather be in a loo or up a swan?
2: Uh, I reckon up a swan. Okay. I love animals.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> oh, great. Um, yeah, olive trees. I just want to know when you have to prune them or how, how do you prune them, right back or they're very okay. big.
2: Are they? Are oh, they're huge. Are yeah, they, in my front, are just are they, by terrible. the veranda. Okay. All right, so you can prune your olives very hard and the best time to do it is after fruiting. So um, I would do it now.
0: Yeah, okay. And the other yeah. one was bottle brush. They're massive as well. They're just I just left them so long and now it's gonna be huge, you know, you get the little your stem come down and about fifteen of those bits of the, the flower. Yeah. Seed seed yep. pods. Well there's heaps yep. of them so I wanna go right back. Can I chop that right back?
1: Yep, yep, you can. You can Good on you, no Terry. Problem at all. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Sab. A few more of your texts on our way to the news. Um, Joe says, good morning, when is a good time to prune and by how much my very large Macrocarpa, I treated it with mancazeb last week Oh yeah, I remember that call, you can't prune them back
2: hard The problem with Macrocarpa is they are a big gangly tree um, and if you prune them back really hard they'll die back on that stem So This is what you do. You're going to select one stem and prune it back by 50% and see if that dies back. Then all the rest of the plant you're going to prune back by a third and the best time to do it is now. Um, It's really a matter of, you know, soaring and saw and see, I like to call it. (laughs) Um, So... You really, you can't prune them back hard. The best thing to do with macrocarpas is, is when you get them as a seedling, you prune 50% off them.
1: Thank you, Joe. Uh, another text here, Sab. Sab. Margaret in Wanneroo would like to know some tips on how to care for shop-bought orchids after flowering. Go to that orchid
2: show. Um, <laughs> look. It depends what the orchids are. I don't know if it's a Phalaenopsis or is it Cymbidium or there are so many different orchids and all the care for orchids is different. But the West Australian Orchid Society have a webpage and they have lots of information. So it depends very much on the orchid, Margaret. I'm so sorry, I can't give you kind of more
1: information than that. and That's okay. Sab, is it too late to take cuttings from a flowering ornamental quince? No, not at all. Uh, they're probably
2: just starting to shoot their leaves. So take the cuttings. They will need to be about mm, 20 centimetres long um, and then you put a third of that into potting mix. But it's definitely not too late to take them.
1: All right. Well... Uh, our peppercorn tree is losing its leaves. Could you suggest a reason, please? We live near York. It's called winter.
2: <laughs> so, um,
1: seems like so a fair the pep-
2: reason. Even though peppercorn trees are sold as evergreen, they do lose their leaves on a cold if they get, a series of cold nights. I've got one in my backyard and every winter it will probably lose 50% of its leaves. So that is quite normal, nothing to worry about.
1: All right. Hi, Sabrina and Rowanna. I have a beautiful ornamental pistachio. I'm not sure what will um, its full height be. Is it okay to prune it now to approximately the height of the house gutters? Many thanks from Skeeter.
2: Yes, you can. Um, Ornamental pistachio trees in Western Australia only get to – between six and eight metres high and about five to six metres wide. But you can prune it now and you can prune it to the house, your house gutters.
1: Okay, yep. perfect. Um, James says, hi, Rowan Sabrina, 40-odd roses just pruned. What can I do wow. now to control chilli-thrip, which we've had to a varying degree over the last three summers?
2: Okay, James, you don't need to do anything now. You do need to spray your roses with lime sulphur, however, for black spot powdery mildew, all that sort of caper. And uh, now, in at the end of August, unless we get warm weather before that, start checking for chilli thrip. Take a piece of dark paper out. Tap the leaves and see if you can see the thrip. That fall, and then you're going to have to start your control spray. Start with pyre- pyrethrum, then go to natural soap, and then go to a um, an oil
1: based spray. Very good. Jeff says, "Can you tell if a dead jarra tree has died from dieback?" Not unless you take a soil
2: and root sample. So you can't, you can't diagnose Phytophthora with soil alone. You actually need part of the root system and then they grow, they, they see if they can grow Phytophthora on that to see okay. if it's existing. Yeah.
1: Jane in Bunbury writes, Hi, Sabrina, I have a number of native Kwandong trees growing on my back bank. Can I prune these and can I move them?
2: You cannot move them, but you certainly can prune them. Very difficult to transplant Kwangdong trees. They
1: rarely ever survive. Okay. So prune them, admire them, but don't move <laughs> don't them. Don't move them. Uh, John's down in Fremantle. He writes, hi, Sabrina, we've got a mature jacaranda tree with hundreds of staghorn ferns all around the trunk. Is there any risk to the jacaranda trunks ha- or the health of the tree and can we cut most of the ferns off without damaging the tree? Thank you so much.
2: Not going to harm your tree at all. And you'll find that you can peel the ferns off without damaging the tree. Not a problem.
1: And should I fertilise grevilleas, nine months old?
2: Definitely, but only use a native fertiliser. should fertilise all of
1: our native plants. They love it. And a very quick one, Mel from down Mm. south, my advanced asparagus is starting to shoot. Should I feed it and what should I use?
2: Feed it, feed it, feed it and use a good quality, high mineralised fertiliser.
1: Excellent. Look at that. Beautifully timed. We got through a few texts there at the end. We did. Good job, Sam. You're on
2: fire. Look out, it's nearly lunchtime and time for a party. Oh,
1: indeed, you've earned it. Glenn in Midvale reckons he doesn't even garden, but he tunes in just because he's amazed by your knowledge, Sabrina Hunt. Have yourself a great weekend. Thank you. I certainly will, Ro. And to all of you at home, we'll do it all again next week. It's 10 o'clock. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.